0: Hello and welcome to Self Love Unicorn Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Cupcakes. I'm an esthetician, blogger, yoga and Pilates teacher, a self love coach, and a self-professed self love unicorn. I believe in both inner and outer beauty. And I believe in learning how to be more comfortable in your own skin and loving the skin you're in. This podcast is going to be about everything it takes to be comfortable in your own skin. From the world we live in, to what we put in and on our bodies, to how we care for ourselves mentally and emotionally. It is about finding self-love through both inner and outer beauty. This podcast is part of my mission to help both women and men fall in love with the skin they're in through my passion for beauty, lifestyle, and wellness. I want to provide you with the tools you need to look and feel your best inside and out. My goal is that through skincare, healthy nutrition and exercise, and of course a little inner work, I can help you find a balance, increase your confidence, find self-love, and become the most beautiful version of yourself. So don't forget to subscribe and let's dive right into today's episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Self Love Unicorn Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about getting and staying sober. Now, first, I want to say that I am not a therapist. I am not a drug or alcohol counselor. I am not a recovery counselor. I'm merely just talking about my own experience, uh, what I've learned along the way in the past year of giving up alcohol. Um, I want to share with you kind of my story about why I decided to stop drinking and then just offer you some tips if it's something that you're looking to do for yourself. Now I'm sure you're wondering what the hell does not drinking have to do with self-love But self-love to me really comes out of this place of health and wellness. So when we really take care of our bodies, and that can be everything from mentally, emotionally, as well as physically, when we're taking care of ourselves, we put ourselves into this better space of starting to love ourselves. So health and wellness is a huge part of our self-love journey. I also think that uh, when we are doing things like drinking or drugs, that what we're really doing is kind of masking other things that are really going on. It is really kind of like a band-aid for a lot of emotional or mental stuff that is coming up for us. A lot of people drink or do drugs because of things like stress or past trauma or things that they don't really want to address. It's a way to kind of basically numb yourself, self-medicate yourself, instead of really getting to the root cause of why you are drinking. So for me, that was a huge part of me deciding to quit. The real reason I decided to quit is that a family member of mine uh, who has always been a big drinker, but it never looked like it was a problem. They definitely, you know, drank a lot, but they were able to get up and go to work. It, I, I don't want to use the term functioning alcoholic because I think that they were a little bit more than that. I don't think they were quite at that level. But they had a major life change happen, and it really kind of triggered them to the point that they were drinking more than usual. To the point where it did become a problem. Um, they had a car accident, uh, they lost their job, um, a lot of different issues were happening and they decided that they needed to check into rehab and it wasn't so much that they really thought that they were so deep or at rock bottom that they felt they had to go to rehab. It was more about they really made the conscious decision that they wanted to quit drinking and they thought they really needed medical help to do so. So that was their main reason for going into rehab. But along the way, I think that they realized that the problem was a little bit deeper than they thought. And they really got a lot out of the three weeks that they were in rehab uh, through counseling, uh, group meetings, and things like that. So because I wanted to be really supportive of that person, I decided I would quit drinking as well. I remember when we first had a conversation, we, as a family, we sat with this person and we all agreed that we would quit drinking as a way to support them to quit drinking. And they agreed and everything seemed like maybe it was gonna be back to normal. But after like a month or two, we started to realize that this person was possibly still drinking. Um, it didn't seem like behaviors were changing and actually seemed like things were getting worse. And this all accumulated into them actually losing their job when they finally admitted that they had still been drinking, even though they were trying to lead everybody to believe that they had quit drinking. So when they went into rehab, I had to go take care of some stuff at their house and found unpaid bills. I found notices for eviction, I found notices that electricity and phones were getting turned off, I found um, bottles of alcohol that were just hidden in weird places, like couch cushions, shoes, things like that, where they were really trying to hide the fact that they were still drinking. So it was then that as a family we realized the problem was a little bit deeper than we thought, and that maybe rehab was the best course. Um, And our family member agreed to that. So we helped check them in and basically kind of cleaned up their lives for them while they were taking care of themselves. So we decided to quit drinking in support of this person. Um, As a family, I'm the only one that has continued to stay sober. um, And the family member as well. The rest of the family has gone back to kind of drinking and Um, that's fine. It's a personal choice. Again, I really wanted to do this to support this family member. But along this journey of going sober, I really did realize a little bit more about myself. And I really kind of was keen on the idea of nourishing my mind, my body, and my soul. And the more that I thought about it, I was really like... What does alcohol actually do for me? It doesn't really do anything other than maybe, you know, kind of relieve some stress and make you have a good mood for a little bit. But then the next day you feel bad, you know, you have a hangover or a headache or your body feels really crappy or you're tired. And like, I really thought about alcohol as like keeping me from kind of really living the life that I wanted to live. So even if the family member decides that they're not going to stay sober, it's definitely something that I want to do for myself because I've really learned a lot out of this journey and I think I've been a little bit better for it. So I really wanted to share kind of my experience and then some tips that I have to help you um, get and stay sober if it's something that you're interested in or maybe as a way like I did to support a family member who is having a drinking problem. I think the number one thing to remember is um, there are often relapses. the case of my family member, they actually did have a relapse a couple months ago. Uh, Thankfully, they are now back on track and they actually seem to be doing even better than their first attempt at sobriety. Uh, 80% of people in recovery relapse at least once. So it's definitely something to keep in mind when you're on this journey. It doesn't mean that you failed. It just means you have more work to do. So let's get into some tips to help you get and stay sober. My first tip is let that shit go. So this definitely is going to be a huge life change. You have to get rid of any routines, habits, or places that you visit that will trigger you to drink. Um, Stay out of risky situations so that you're not tempted. You really have to kind of evaluate your life and think about what would be a trigger for you, and then you have to actually get that out of your way. Um, The really funny (laughs) instance that I have about this is that I decided to go sober um, in August of last year, 2018, and shortly after that the start of Food & Wine Festival at Epcot started. So if you know me or you followed me for a while, you know that I'm a huge Disney fan. I live about 15 minutes from the parks. I go at least once a week. Food & Wine Festival was my second date with my now husband, and we go every year for our anniversary. So Food & Wine has always been one of our favorite festivals at the parks. So when we first went to Food and Wine Festival, it was really this like, okay, how do we do this festival and do it sober? So of course we focused more on the food and we jokingly and lovingly have started referring to it as the Food and Water Festival because we would sample the food and just drink water. Um, But it is definitely something like that could be a trigger because You're walking around and there's alcohol everywhere. There's new drinks to try. There's different countries sharing their drinks. And people are walking around and drinking. But one of the things that was really eye-opening to us is all the times that we've gone, we would really drink a lot and we would be one of those drunk people walking around the park. But going as a sober person, it was really, we were looking at people like, wow, did we act like that when we were drinking? Like, People that are just out of control and just really loud and obnoxious. And again, that made me think of like, I don't want to be that person. So maybe sobriety is really the best thing for me. Number two um, is get structured. You definitely have to have a more structured and organized schedule. Whenever you have too much free time on your hand or something that is like more of a chaotic schedule, that can definitely leave you bored or stressed, and that can also trigger drinking. So the more that you can structure your days out, the easier it will be for you to kind of follow those, to stay on top of everything, and to not be triggered to drink. Now, another big one is finding healthier relationships. Um, Really letting go of toxic relationships or people who don't support your sobriety. Um, That could be anything from drinking buddies, etc., things like that. For instance, when I decided to go sober, and again, this was in August, I had a friend who was coming to visit for the month of, basically, they were coming from like Thanksgiving all the way into the new year. And they wanted to do some days at the parks. And this person is a really big drinker. They're probably my best friend. I've known them for many years. And a lot of our time together has really revolved around going out and drinking. And I told this person, I definitely want to see you this is what I'm doing right now. I'm not drinking. I would love to go to the Disney parks with you. But maybe we go to Magic Kingdom because alcohol isn't served there. Or whatever. And this person was very against that idea. Um, One, they didn't appreciate me asking them to not drink. And two, they were basically like, if I can't drink, I don't want to hang out with you. And I was kind of in my mind, in this new sober mind, thinking, well, I know that this person has a drug and alcohol problem. And I'm like, you can't go one day without drinking in order to spend time with your best friend. So for me, I was like, it it, it was basically like an ultimatum. Like, if you want to spend time with me, you have to do it sober. And this person refused to do that, which really led me to think that there's a bigger issue there with them being that they can't go one day without drinking in order to spend time with their best friend. So that relationship, um, we wound up having a big disagreement and we have not spoken since. So it's been over a year now um, and we haven't spoken. And as much as I miss that person because it is my best friend, I do realize that that is kind of a toxic relationship and that that person has their own things that they need to deal with. And I can't, let someone influence my sobriety because they have their own issues to deal with. So you really have to stop and take a look at these relationships that you have and figure out who is going to be a trigger for you. And maybe you get that person out of your life or maybe you don't spend as much time with them and then find people who really are going to be supportive of your journey. And along with life changes and getting more structured and healthier relationships is thinking about where you go that might be a trigger. Um, If you're someone who goes to a certain place and you're used to watching the football game with the beer and chicken wings with friends and that's kind of like your Friday night thing or whatever maybe you find a more sober version of that. Maybe you invite people to your house to watch the football game and there's no alcohol allowed and it's more about having a good time with friends. It's not about alcohol. So definitely uh, take a look at people, places, habits, routines, etc. that are triggers for you. Next up is let's get physical. Yes, come on, Jane Fonda. Oh, wait, no, that was Olivia Newton-John. Okay, Uh So definitely finding new ways to relieve stress and boredom are going to be huge in your sobriety. Um, Also, eating healthy can help to decrease cravings for drinking. So when I'm talking about getting physical, um, and you guys know that I teach yoga and Pilates, so I'm very big on movement. Anything like meditation, walking, running, yoga, going to the gym, anything like that is going to be huge in your recovery. So whenever you feel yourself stressed or bored or anything like that, we often turn to whatever comforts or soothes us. And that could be alcohol, that could be food. So it's really kind of listening to your body, uh, like I mentioned in ending emotional eating episode, listening to your body, determining what it really needs, and then maybe doing something physical, like working out, taking a walk, instead of reaching for a bottle of beer, Or you know, some sugary treat. Now I've already talked about letting go of toxic people, but the next one is really um, about finding your tribe. Find people who are going through what you're going through right now or have already gone through what you're going through. And this could be things like AA groups, etc. This time you really need supportive and understanding people around you that you can open up to. Um, about your recovery and what you're going through. Um, That has been a huge help for my family member once they got out of rehab was going to AA meetings and being able to really talk about what is going on for them, what is coming up for them and getting advice and information from people who have been there. Um, That's a huge, huge part of your recovery because not everybody around you is really going to understand what you're going through and you also may not be comfortable talking with certain people about that. For instance, let's say you're really close with a coworker. That, even though you're close with that person, you might not feel comfortable going to that person at work—that's your job—and saying, "I have a drinking problem, and I'm trying to, you know, move into a life of sobriety and clean living." Uh, that person, even though they're a friend, might not understand, and that could jeopardize the way people at your job view you or look at you so definitely find people who understand what you're going through um and we can talk a little bit more about that when we get to shame and guilt next up i highly recommend that you read about recovery um this could help you get to the root cause of why you drink and help you find other ways to kind of deal with all of what's going on um Alcoholics Anonymous site has some great resources, and I think it's very wise for you to educate yourself on what's ahead on your journey. The next step is be a goal digger. That's goal, not gold. Set goals for the future that will help you to give your mind something else to focus on. Make a list of what you want and what your dream life looks like, and then build some smart goals around that. So when my family member decided to stop drinking, we were talking about setting some goals. And one of the things I had asked them was, well, what does your dream life look like? And I was really expecting them to say, oh, I want to do this. And I've always wanted to do this. And I want to live here. And this is what I imagined my life to be look like. But instead, they were like, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. And I was like, "Okay, I want you to really think like blue sky thinking. The world is your oyster. Everything is possible. What does your life look like? And I want you to really, really break that down. Like this is what my job looks like, this is what my life looks like, this is what my house looks like, this is what I do on the weekends with friends and family. And I had them write them, write that all out and send it to me. And it really helped them get clear as to why they were getting sober, because they wanted to be able to create this life, this dream life of theirs. And it was really amazing to see them kind of light up at like the idea of the possibility of all of this actually happening now. And they've since created some really good goals around making that dream life happen. So definitely think to the future, but also remain present, uh, which we'll talk about more in a second. My next tip is to journal. I'm a huge fan of journaling for whatever reason. It doesn't have to be staying sober. It could be dealing with stress. It's just so good for you to just brain dump all of this stuff onto paper. Journaling really helps you get in touch with your emotions, and on your sober journey, you can actually use this to track milestones. So when you're in Alcoholics Anonymous, they give you the chip at your 90 days and your six months and your year and all that, but you can also track your milestones in your journal thinking about like what's come up for you during that first 90 days, what's come up with you during that first six months, what's come up for that year. And it also will help you dive a little bit deeper into the why behind your triggers. Again, it's gonna be really important for you and even though it's gonna be really hard for you, and that is to get to the root cause of why you drink. Once you figure out why you drink and you can address that root cause, it's gonna be a little bit easier for you to stay sober. So journaling can really help you dive a little bit deeper into the why behind your triggers. So I already mentioned abandon shame and guilt, which is our next tip. So you really gotta let go of the past. The number two emotions that come up for alcoholics or people that are in recovery is shame and guilt. They have a lot of shame and guilt for the things that they've done to people while they were intoxicated. There's a lot of things that have happened in their past that they're very ashamed about and that is what triggers their drinking, um, so really taking again look at those root causes of what triggers you but then at the same time you've got to let that shit go because the past doesn't really define your presence. You can look at it with a very insightful eye but don't let it define where you're going in your future. So definitely think about that but be able to let it go. Now, another tip I have is called give back, and this is a huge part of the 12-step program in Alcoholics Anonymous, is being able to give back to others. So as someone is helping you in recovery, it's a recovery, it's, you need to be present for other people and create space for other people to do that same thing. If someone is coming to you because they're curious or maybe they need some help, you have to be prepared to give back as well. Um, basically, pay it forward. The next tip is what I call the other F word, and I talk about this a lot, and this is on your, you know, sober journey, this is on your clean living journey, this is on your self-love journey, anything that we have going on with our lives, we're trying to better our position and make ourselves happier and be more comfortable with ourselves is the other F word, and that's forgiveness. When you're in your uh, sober journey, you need to not only forgive yourself, but you also need to forgive other people, and this goes back to abandoning shame and guilt as well. If something comes up for you that you're really ashamed about in your past, that maybe was past trauma that was um, put on you by another person, even though the what happened may not be the like you know right thing you have to be able to forgive that person and let that go. So talking from my own experience, one of the things that um, has always come up for me, and this is more on my self-love journey and really relates back to when I had an eating disorder, was that when I was very young, starting at the age of 11, I was sexually abused by a member of my family. So while I won't say... That I um, like for like forget what happened, but I've learned to forgive the person that did that because if I'm not forgiving them, I'm holding on to something, and for me to heal and move forward, I have to be able to forgive and let that stuff out of my heart and soul so that I have room to grow and heal. So the forgiveness is huge in that. Um, A lot of people that have eating disorders or drug and alcohol problems, a lot of that does stem from sexual abuse. So if you're someone who has any kind of, and this is a whole nother podcast, which I'm not going to get to ever probably, but if you are someone who is trying to heal from past trauma of sexual abuse, forgiveness is going to be a huge part in you being able to let that go and move on. And it's going to be really hard to forgive that person because initially what we want to do is just hate them, hate what they did to us, but you're just carrying that hate around. That person is probably not carrying anything for you, but you're carrying around this hate for them. So they've let it go. You need to let it go as well. And that forgiveness is a huge step on your journey to self-love and healing. My last tip is another part of the 12-step program in Alcoholics Anonymous, and that is one day at a time. We only have this day right now, this moment right now. So stay present. Even though I mentioned setting goals and looking forward to the future, you also have to remain present because what's happening right now in this moment really is going to define your future. So if you're at a moment right now where you're feeling depressed or shameful or guilty or stressed or bored that can trigger you to drink or overeat or harm yourself or any of the things that we look to to kind of self-medicate. So what's happening in the present is definitely a trigger. So you need to learn to be present and find healthier ways to express what's happening to you right now so that, again, you're able to heal and move forward. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I know it was some heavier material, but This, uh, I just hit my one year of being sober and it's really got me kind of thinking about how my experience and my journey might be helpful to other people. So like I said, giving back. So I really kind of want to just share my experience in hopes that it does kind of give people more information or help them along on their own sober journey. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me. You can email me at Christopher.org cupcakes1 at gmail.com, or you can send me a direct message on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is Christopher.cupcakes, so if you're not following me over there, please go over there and follow me. I try to really answer all of my DMs, and I'm not just there to post pretty pictures. I'm really there to kind of share this life with other people, and I love connecting with people, so don't feel like you can't reach out to me. I will definitely respond and do the best I can to kind of help you on your self-love journey. Also, if you are on your self-love journey and you want to dive a little bit deeper into that, you can work with me. I do self-love journey counseling, um, coaching, anything that you need to kind of help you along on that journey. You can find out more about that on my website, which is www.christophercupcakes.com. Just go to the work with me tab and you can get more information there as well. Also, on the website, you'll find all of the show notes from today. I'm going to write a bigger blog post about this topic, including all of the tips, and then I'll also include some resources. So, if you or someone you know or love is struggling with drug or alcohol issues, you can reach out to people um, through those resources and get the help that's needed. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Again, I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, Um, Now that we're on iTunes, go follow me on iTunes. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes as well. That would be a huge help for me. I would appreciate it so much. And I look forward to connecting with you guys in future podcasts, videos, blog posts, and again on social media. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, remember, be happy, be healthy, and be well. Bye.